Jesus once said in the Gospel of John, the sixth chapter and the 63rd verse, he said, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. We need to learn about the life of God through the Holy Spirit. This is Voice Over Nations broadcast. And I'm your host for today. This is Carrie B. and Vaughn Radio. I tell you what, we've been talking about the names of the Holy Spirit, and it has been such a blessing to me and hopefully to you also. Um, the Holy Spirit has so many different names and titles and functions, and each one of his names we can glean off of, uh, we can call upon, and he can help us in so many different ways because we need the spirit of truth in this hour of a lie. Um, let us take a look at the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ in the third chapter, the first through the sixth verse. Um, now, Apostle John had been called up into heaven. He was on the island called Patmos for his testimony uh, to Jesus Christ. And I believe that God had given him such a, a, a powerful experience to give to the church and to those that are alive right now. John, the beloved disciple, he was close to the Lord and many of the other apostles had died a horrible death. But because of his closeness, um, he got a chance to see the future and it's being revealed uh, even to us right now. The book of Revelation is a book of symbolism. And if you can understand the symbolisms, it would not be so scary and so spooky. So he's been given this charge to write this letter to um, the angel of the church in Sardis. This is a message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God, speaking about Jesus and the seven stars, which represent the church. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Now, Jesus is rebuking the church at Sardis. He said, I know everything you do. You got this big, grand reputation um, that you uh, alive and everything is perfect and you do everything right. He said, but you did. You think you're doing something because you're growing the church. You think you're doing something because um, uh, the offerings are large. You think you're doing something because you're on television. And I'm not saying this about any ministry. I'm just using this as, as an example because a lot of times we equate success with the amount of people we have, the amount of money we raise, the platforms that we can stand on. But Jesus said, you think you're alive, but you were dead. Second verse, wake up, strengthen what little remains. I see, they were thinking they had a lot. But the Lord said, strengthen what little you have remaining. For even what is left is almost dead. Even the rest of the stuff that you got, you think is alive, but it's dead in my eyesight. They say, I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. That is a sharp rebuke of the church. And I think to the churches that he spoke to the day uh, back then, they represent a church right now. They represent a certain branch of the church right now. He said, you do not meet the requirements of God. Now, the Lord has some requirements. And I said in a teaching a while back, I said one of the most important things um, and heartfelt things I believe that any of us can ask the Lord is ask him the question, Lord, what do you require of me? What, what, what do you require of my life? How do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? 
what things I should stay away from. And a lot of people won't ask God that because they don't want to hear the answer. Because if you ask him, he's going to tell you. So the Lord is saying to the church that uh, your actions, what you're doing, even for ministry's sake, is not meeting the requirements of God. Now, that's something to say. When all you know is ministry and you've been doing ministry all your life, You've been teaching and preaching and singing and prophesying. You've been doing all those different things. And he said, what you're doing is dead. It does not glorify me at all. It's dead works. And even a little you got left is dead also. Those are not my requirements because a lot of people are ministering and they think that because souls are being saved that they're pleasing to God. No, that's not necessarily true. Because they can be doing things for their own glory, for their own self-elevation. They can be doing things to make a name for themselves and not giving glory and honor to God. So that's why the Lord is telling the church at Sardis, wake up, wake up. That's what the church in America needs to hear. That's what the church in Africa needs to hear. That's what the church in Russia and Germany needs to hear. That's what the church in Mexico and the Latin countries need to hear. We need to hear somebody say, the Lord say, wake up. Wake up. And then it says, go back to what you heard and believed at first. Third verse. The Lord is saying, go back. Don't go forward. Go back. Because before you can go forward, you need to go back because you're messing up in an area where you don't know the requirements of God. So that's why he's telling them to go back to what you heard and believed at first and hold to it firmly. Now listen, repent and turn to me again. If God is telling someone to repent, they have messed up. They have fallen short in some area of sin. So he's telling the church in Sardis, repent and turn to me again. If you have to repent, you have missed the mark. And he said, if you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. You can stay on the same path you're in. You can live a life of being unrepentant and I'm going to come like a thief in the night and you're going to miss me and you're going to be left behind or you're going to lose your life. The church needs to repent. That, that needs to be the message in this hour. Repent because we have missed it so, so far. You know, I was thinking about the um, watchmen in the Old Testament and their responsibilities to cry out on behalf of God whenever he told them to say uh, a particular thing to the nation. And he said, if you don't cry out, if you don't speak what I tell you to say, then if these people die in their sins, their blood is going to be required on your hands. And that's why it's so important that we speak what God says in love with salt, that we minister to the hearts of people. It doesn't matter, saints, what someone else is doing. God may not have called you to do that. He may not have called you to go that direction. Whatever he has called you to do, that's what you need to do. Don't worry about them. You remember uh, Jesus um, after his resurrection, um, when he was on a show and they had just finished eating fish and uh, he was asking Peter, do you love me three times? And uh, Jesus started to tell him about his latter part of his life. 
And he asked him about what was going to happen to John. He said, don't worry about him. You worry about yourself. Don't. If I want him to remain until I come back, what is that to you? So we need to worry about what God is telling us, not necessarily what he's telling someone else. He's telling the church to repent. He's telling us to repent. Because repentance brings back the favor of God in our life. It stays the hand of God from releasing wrath on us. Fourthly, yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not sawed their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So he said that there are some in the church that have not been tied up with this evil have not been tied up with the schisms and the cliques of ministry. Not over here talking about this one and over here talking about the pastor. Now you're trying to get a little cool together. He said, those that have not sold themselves with this foolishness, I'm going to put white garments on them and they're going to walk with me because they're worthy. The other ones are not worthy. It's sad, saints, it's sad. And I say this in all humility, it is sad for an anointed vessel gifted in the things of the Lord what God does not consider that person worthy to walk with him. When God has to say at the end, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Because it was never about the Lord in the first place. It was about them and their gift and their followings. That's sad, but that's the state we're in. That is the state we're in right now. It's the platforms. It's the names. Well, I need to do this so I can get on this platform. I need to say this. I need to teach this. I I, I can't flow in what I want to flow in because this platform does not receive that. Well, I'm of the mindset that if the platform doesn't receive what God has given me to minister, then that's not the platform for me in the first place. Praise God. He'll open up another platform where your gift will make room for you. So he's saying that these will walk worthy with him because their garments are not stained. Fifers, and all who are victorious will be clothed in white. Having on white speaks about victory. Having on white speaks about righteousness. Not the white of the world, not the white, just, you know, they have some churches, they have all white. That doesn't mean you're righteous. You would have on white socks, white pants, white undergarments. You would have white teeth, white hair, white hat, white handkerchief. You could have white, you could have white everything. <laughs> you, could have, you could have white skin. It doesn't matter. That matters nothing to God. That's flesh. He's talking about being righteous and right standing with him. Because the white that he gives, it is full of righteousness. It is full of life. It is full of him, not the world. Praise God. He said, all who are victorious will be clothed in white. And I will never erase their names from the book of life. But I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Isn't that powerful? That Jesus said, I want to announce to my father and the holy angels that these right here, these are mine. 
because they have been tested. They have been proven. They have been through the fire. They have come out like pure gold. They have not been burned up like wood, a hay, a stubble, a straw, but they're coming out as pure gold. They're mine. Isn't it powerful when the Holy Spirit relates the information to Jesus that I've seen your daughter, I've seen your son. They are walking in the light. That's powerful when God is bragging on you. I'm telling you, that's powerful. And that's where you want to get to the place where you have walked so close with the Lord. He can, he can brag on you to the Father. Praise God. And it says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. What is the message to the church today that we need to hear? I believe that that message needs to be preached on one accord. And no matter where you are in the world, it's the same message. And that's how you truly know you're in the Spirit. When God is saying the same thing, because he's speaking by his spirit. Now let's look at Revelations, the fourth chapter. Take a look at the first verse. And it said, and after this, I look and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what's, what must take place after this. Now, John is being called up into this rim. And he's saying that there's something that he's being told that there's something that I want you to see that has to take place. When we're speaking about Bible prophecy, Bible prophecy has to come to pass. A lot of times you will hear uh, people speaking about what is about to happen in the world and you have some to get upset. Oh, you shouldn't be speaking that. Oh, you need to check with the, the council of the prophets before you say that. The, the council of the leaders so they can wed. And I understand protocol. I do. But there are times when God will give you a message where he doesn't want you to check with anyone. Because if you do check with them, they're going to change your mind. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And this is what the Lord is saying. He's saying, come up. I believe he's calling the church to come up. The prophets and the prophetess and, and the apostles and the evangelists and the pastors said, come up, come up to a higher level so I can tell you, so you can tell the people. Because what I said on last week, it may not be what I'm saying right now. What I said last year and the years prior, it may not be the same thing. God can change his mind daily. He gives us daily bread. And part of that bread is the word to feed the people with and once I was in the spirit, John said, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. John said, I was raptured up in the spirit. And I was at the throne room of heaven and there was someone sitting on the throne. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Ruby. And Jasper is one of my favorite colors of, of gemstones and Ruby. You got the green, you got the ruby the red and a rainbow that shone like an emerald um, encircle the throne uh, now John is just kind of befuddled uh, he's trying to find out what's going on he's uh, 
I'm sure confused. I'm sure he's uh, probably thinking, uh, what am I seeing? What am I looking at? Uh, what is God showing me? He's probably afraid. He probably wants to run and hide. And the thing about it, God was showing him the future. God was about to show him something that no one had ever seen before. And uh, he wanted him to declare this message. So you got Jasper and you got uh, Emerald. And you know, Jasper can come in many different colors. It, it can, it, it's mostly red. It can come in green and brown and yellow. There are many different types of Jaspers. Sometimes it can come in blue. Rarely, but it can. So you have these different colors. And um, he's just in awe. He's in awe of what he's seeing. And uh, if it was me, I probably would want to run. But God had to show it to him. And he had been called for such a time as that. So he was there and he was looking. And he was looking at this beautiful sight. And he said, it's appearances as Jasper and Ruby and Emerald, reddish in color, these different mixture of colors, because there's colors on earth that may be different from the colors that are in heaven. There, there are different shades of colors that are brighter. Like I said, I like a Ruby, I like Emerald, I like Jasper. I like the greenness of an Emerald. I like the jasper when it's it's the different colors and different shades of it. Like I said, it can be red, it can be other different colors, it can be greenish, but it's beautiful. And then it says, around the throne was a rainbow and it was shining like an emerald. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. And they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. Now he sees someone on the throne that has the appearance of Jasper and a ruby. And then he sees a rainbow around that place. And it was shining like an emerald around the throne. And then surrounding the throne, there were 24 throne, other thrones. And uh, seated on them were 24 elders. And I believe the elders were the saints of old. And they were all dressed in white and had crowns on and from the throne came flashes of lightning and thunder and rumblings. And in front of the throne, seven lamps were burning or blazing. And these are the seven spirits of God. The seven spirits of God were there in front of the throne. Praise God. So he saw this magnificent sight. And God was instructing him to write down what he was about to see. So when we open up the book of Revelation, we're reading what John saw and what he was instructed to write. And I believe we're about to see some things that's going to 
turn this world upside down. Guys, this is all for this segment. This is Voice Over Nations broadcast, Carrie B, Vine Radio. Be back real soon with the next part. Be blessed. Hey guys, I invite you to the broadcast on today. This is Voice Over Nations and uh, Von Radio. I'm Carrie B, your host. We have been speaking about the names of the Holy Spirit. It's, a name is important. And the Spirit of God has so many different functions, so many different names. And in every name, there's an answer for our problem. We can call, if we need some truth, we can call the Spirit of Truth. Uh, if we need some help, he's the helper, Helper. he's the comforter. He has so many titles, so many functions, so many names. And uh, I've been just showing you some scriptures about uh, the sevenfold spirits of God, the sevenfold spirit of God. And uh, let me go back and tell you what the seven spirits of God are. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel and spirit of might, spirit of knowledge and spirit of the fear of the Lord. Uh, these are the different functions also of the Holy Spirit as he helps us. Uh, he is a helper. He is a comforter. Uh, he's a present help in the time of need. And he's, he's one of the most important people that you can ever have close to you to lean on you. Because as I said before, I mean, friends would come and friends will go. Family would come and family would go, but you will always have God on your side. You'll always have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit will always be there for you. And so um, I'm showing you the different scriptures about the sevenfold spirits of God. Uh, Revelation, the fifth chapter. And let's take a look at the first verse. It says, then I saw a scroll in the right hand. Now, this is John speaking. He's in the heavenly realm. He has been caught up in heaven. Um, he has been given instruction um, to write down the different things that he was about to see. And I said before, when you're dealing with the book of Revelation, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't like to read the book of Revelation. It's scary. It's scary because, number one, most people don't understand the symbolism of what the book is about, but also um, they're afraid of these prophetic things that will happen. These things that John saw almost 2,000 years ago, they have to come to pass. They must come to pass. So when you see someone standing up and they're prophesying what the Lord has showed them uh, from that heavenly realm, and you're just speaking against it and you don't want to hear it, you shut up your ears, you're just like the children of Israel. Um, you're closing your ears to the truth because anytime God reveals something to you, it is to redeem you. It is to save you. It's to keep you from going through uh, misery and hurt and harm. It's to get you to a place where you can repent so that which is being showed, uh, shown will not happen to you and your family. And that's where I want to be. I want to be close to God um, where I can hear what God is saying, what he's about to bring, because I don't want it to happen to me or my family. So the book of Revelation, the fifth chapter, uh, the first verse says, and then John said, then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. 
And there was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals. John said he saw a scroll. It was wrapped up. And it was sitting in the hand of the person on the throne. And we know that is God the Father. And he said there was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. But it was sealed with seven different seals. And each one of these seals means something. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice. Who is worthy to break the seals of this scroll and open it? Now this angel is speaking this in the heavenly realm. He said, who in this place is worthy to break the seal and open up the scroll to see what's on it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. So there was a search that took place. There was no one in the three realms that were able to open up the seal. Open up the scroll and break the seal. Not in heaven, not on earth, and not under the earth. And then John said, I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. John starts to cry in this heavenly realm because as the search is taking place, he realizes that there's something must be important that's on this scroll. It has writing inside and out. It has seven seals, but there's no one in all of this glorious atmosphere, in all of this glorious place called heaven or the heavenly realm, there's no one worthy to open it. Search on the earth, can't find no one. Search under the sea, under the earth, all over. Can't find anyone, can't find no one able to open up the seals. So he starts to cry. Fifth verse. But one of the 24 elders said to me, John, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and his seven seals. Now, isn't that a blessing? Our Savior, our brother, our Lord, our Master, Jesus the one that died and redeemed us and paid the price. He was the only one in the whole entire heaven and earth and universe and all of the planets and everywhere else. He was the only one that was worthy to open up the scroll and the seals. Now, isn't that powerful? This same Jesus, the Lamb of God, who shed his blood for you and I, he is worthy. Worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. This is the one that has given you and I victory. This is the one that gives us victory in the face of defeat. We have victory. It belongs to Jesus. So the elder told him, stop crying, John. Stop weeping. Look over there. The lion, 
of the tribe of Judah, that heir to David's throne. He has already won the victory. He is worthy to open up the scroll and seven seal. Six verse. And John said, I saw a lamb. Now listen. Listen to this vision. Listen to this image, how he's describing what he saw. He said, I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represents the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. John is looking at this lamb as if it had been slain, as if it had been slaughtered. You know, Jesus is called the Lamb of God. He's called the Lamb of God. He was slaughtered. He was murdered. He was killed for you and I. He was bloody. He was bloody on that cross. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, it says, I think it's in the book of Isaiah. I can't remember exactly the scripture that his visage was so marred that he didn't even look like a human, like a man. That when he was taken upon the sins of the world and the pain and the sickness and, and the spiritual and uh, a physical torment that he had to deal with, he was so sick in his body. Think about this, saints. Every known sickness to mankind whether it's an emotional sickness, a mental sickness, a physical sickness, all of the bruising and the pains and the beatings that you and I have faced in life, he took it all upon his flesh. So it was disfigured. He was, he looked more horrific than someone in a horror picture. Because all of that generations and generations of sicknesses and diseases was on his body let alone with the beating that he took. They almost killed him before he got to the cross. So that's why John is saying that I saw, what I saw looked like it was a lamb that was slaughtered. When a lamb has been slaughtered, it's bloody. That white fur on them, it's, it's stained with blood. It looked like he was a bloody, this lamb was a bloody mess. And it said that this lamb was standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes. I believe the horns represents he's all powerful. The eyes represents he's all seeing and all knowledgeable. And then, uh, and then it says he had seven horns and seven eyes, which represents the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. So he's all powerful, he's all knowing, he's he's all wise, he's all seeing. He has the sevenfold spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit himself. Because the Holy Spirit has been going out into the whole world. Seven verse. And he stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. Here it is, the Lamb, stepping forth, taking the scroll out of the hand of God the Father. And when he took the scroll, 
the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. And each one of them had a harp. And they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Now Jesus has taken this scroll from out of the hand of God. And when he has done these, these four living beings and the 24 elders, they all fall down before the lamb, before Christ. And each one of them had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So the, our prayers that we have prayed for years and years and the prayers of our forefathers, all of these are being held in these bowls. The prayers of God's people. Now listen, they break it out in a song and they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. You're the only one that's worthy to take this scroll, to break its seals. And they start worshiping this slaughtered lamb. My gosh, John is there witnessing all of this. And he has to write down what he sees. He is literally terrified for being in the presence of the Lord and witnessing something no one else on earth at that time had ever seen before. And even now, many of the aspects of what John saw, no one still has never seen before. People catch glimpses of certain things. But what he saw in the magnitude... That's why he was called the beloved disciple. I'm telling you, his close relationship with Jesus put him in this spot to see these things. Don't you let anyone tell you walking close with God won't be a blessing for you in the end. Because it will. You will gain favor when you walk close with the Lord. Let other people do what they're going to do. If they want to go out there and just live the life they want to live, let them go you walk close with God, child of God, and watch and see how God elevates you. This was a position of elevation for John. Because like I said, some of these guys, the other apostles were thrown to the lions. They were eaten alive. Uh, Peter was crucified upside down. I mean, they died horrible deaths. But here John is. He's witnessing some of the things we're about to see right now. Praise God. So they break it out and sing it. And it said that you have, you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed. You paid the ransom price for people from every tribe and language and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. As kingdom, as a kingdom of priests for our God. And then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. They're all praising Jesus, the Lamb, because of his victory 
that he wrought on Calvary to ransom all people, nations and languages and tribes. They're worshiping. Their, their praise has broke out in the heavenly realm. Thousands and millions of angels giving God the praise and the glory. John said he heard this voice and he started singing a, a song. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, who was slaughtered. Worthy is he to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. That's powerful in itself. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belongs to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. They broke out and started singing. I'm telling you that there's a praise. You know what? The earth is about to go through and it's already going through. Uh, birthing pains. It's already going through turmoil as if a woman is in labor. But there's a praise that's going to break out after a while. In the midst of death and calamity and misery and chaos and uncertain times, there's, there's a sound that's going to come from heaven that's going to reach the earth. Because you notice in the scripture, when they start praising up there, when John said he looked and he saw <coughs> the thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders, when they started worshiping, when they started singing, what happened up there, it, it trickled down to the earth. Because he said in the 13th verse that he, he then heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, they started singing too. So I'm telling you, we need to tap into what's going on in the heavenly realm. Are we speaking about the names of the Holy Spirit and the sevenfold spirit of God? But I'm telling you this right here because I believe that this is soon to come because John was seeing into the future. So he had to speak with the language of his day. And some of the things that he starts to describe in the latter part of the book of Revelation, he's, he's um, describing things that he had no knowledge of how to describe. It's like looking 2,000 years in the future and you're using the language of today to try to describe something that's more advanced then. How could you do it? We have airplanes, we have tanks, we have submarines. How you think it will look 2,000 years from now? What kind of language would you use to describe it? So he's describing things that he was seeing, but he had to use the language of his day. So he heard all of these people, they were praising. They were praising every creature in heaven and earth, under the sea and in the sea. Now, how can somebody praise in the sea? That's a message all by itself. How can someone praise under the earth? That's a message by itself. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then it says in the 14th verse, And the four living beings said, Amen. 
and the 24 elders fell down and they worshiped the lamb, the lamb that had been slain from the foundations of the world. I thank God for the lamb of the Lord, the lamb of God, the precious lamb of God. He's worthy. He's the only one worthy for all of our praise, honor, and our glory. Guess I hope this part was a blessing to you. Our time has run out, and I'll be back shortly with the other segments of this, speaking about the names of the Holy Spirit. And uh, stay tuned, and I ask that you would share these uh, broadcasts and also tell others about uh, the radio station and about um, this uh, podcast. And I hope that it is a blessing to you. Voice of Nations, Carrie B, Vine Radio. Talk to you soon. Be blessed.